government, there are a few things that you can't do. So you can't marry, you can't wow. have children, and you need to oh. eschew material wants like houses or cars, and you need to stay mostly unemployed. So... Uh, to become a monk. Yeah, so, and, and have other people support you because, yes. Yes, I mean, all live yeah. in the woods, yes. I guess. Yes. I guess Rob, there was also, I mean, there was there, there was a name for that, uh, wasn't it? And it kind of relates to the last song I played. weren't weren't, weren't these people called hippies mm. back in the day? Mm. Uh, didn't hippies have quite good digs? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I think hermit's probably a better word uh, for what they're trying to do. I mean, yeah, there is a counterculture vibe to this. Yes, there is. Um, there? But it's also a, like a resistance to the norm and the. The idea of work in China is really locked into that main party message, which is we will succeed through hard work. Right. And I think what this generation yeah. is asking, I mean, they're um, projected to be, like in other parts of the world, one of the first generations in quite some time that were materially worse off than their parents. Mm. So there's a whole other thing happening here as well where the millennial generation in China is reaching age where they're marrying, having children, and they're saying, is this working for us? Uh, and it may not be. And I think the Tang Ping movement and what they're doing is an extreme. But it's a symptom of the fact that those conversations are happening in cosmopolitanism yeah. and rural China. No, kia ora, Rob. Thank you very kia much the... for your story of the day. That's Rob Kelly there. Always food for thought when uh, Rob Kelly comes on for his story of the day. Now, a bit of response already uh, about superannuation. Let's pick one here. My superannuation idea is contribution. Have a, have a multi-party summit and come up with a permanent solution so it's not a political football. My idea would be for people to decide when they retire from age 60 to age 75, th- those choosing the younger age would forever receive less than those who opt for the higher age. Make a formula so people would know. Thank you. Uh, yes, so we discussed that later. Time for I've been thinking. Jenny Morton, you start. Well, I've been thinking about sportsmen, and particularly sportsmen, showing their emotions um, at the end of an event. And I know this isn't a new thing, but just in the last wee while, I have seen so much of it on television that I've been quite blown away, and I have to say quite moved by some of them. Um, I'm a a bit of a watcher with my husband of the Tour de France, and the winner of the second stage, Matthew van der Poel, he was in floods of tears at the end of his stage win because his grandfather had competed in the Tour and had never won. He was known as the, I think, the nearly there man because he'd come second a few times and third a few times but never won. So Matthew winning a stage was hugely emotional to him. Um, A few days later, Mark Cavendish won his stage and he hasn't ridden in the last three tours and he hasn't had a stage win since 2016 and once again, huge tears at the winning of a stage. And a young Australian guy won yesterday, I think it was, Ben O'Connor. He was in tears. And then we also saw the Tongan rugby captain, uh, Sonatoni Takalua talking after the game on uh, Saturday night and he was talking about how proud he was of the team that stepped up and once again you could hear the emotion you could see the tears were there and it was just like good on you guys there's no shame in this you're showing your emotions you're showing your feelings and I think it's fantastic and I think we need more of it and I think they've been great role models for all men in society. Yeah, nice one. Uh, and uh, the, the nearly there man. Can you imagine the 
uh, release of pressure of winning. Uh, it must have been quite the time for him, the moment. Yes, well, yes. Well, this young man, it was only his stage win, so he hasn't won the tour, but I think just, um, I think it's early right. on in his riding career, and so, yeah, to win a stage. And it's huge. I mean, these guys are amazing athletes. So winning a stage in the Tour de France is incredible. All right. Kia ora, Jenny. All right, Chris, we kaira. I've been thinking. Oh, by the way, can I just read out a flash? It's just come through just this minute. The New, the New Zealand Nurses Organisation says that 30,000 members working in DHBs have voted in favour of three more strikes. Uh, they'll be July 29, an eight-hour strike on August the 19th, and another 24-hour strike on September the 9th. So uh, we'll try and bring you more on that uh, in the panel. Uh, but, uh, Chris, back to you. I've been thinking. Yeah, I'm just sort of thinking when I came back to, um, to Wellington from Golden Bay, and I, I usually have a plan for when I go away and things to do and people to see, but I arrived at uh, Nelson Airport on Friday morning knowing one of a, a whole van full of people and three of 20 who were going to a 50th birthday. I knew I had a bed to sleep in on Friday night, but I didn't actually quite know where I was going and thought... Oh, I'm just going to roll with it, yeah. and and just did, and had no plans for anything other than getting back to the to the airport by half past fourish yesterday. And um, speaking of Aquarius, you know, there's the sunshine. The sun, we yeah. opened up our hearts, and the sun sun shone in. You know, we had three beautiful <laughs> days of of um, no wind, lots of oh, sun, golden bay. frosty mornings. Yeah, and it was just oh. you know, just a reminder of sometimes doing those those simple things and just you know. Stopping and smelling the flowers, sort of thing. And we're a better place to do that, lying flat. This is what you've been doing, Chris, uh, in Golden Bay. Whereabouts, can I ask you? Uh, no, because then people might go there. Ah. <laughs> no, I went to Parapara Beach, just Beautiful. south of Collingwood. Yeah, I know Collingwood. Yeah, oh. so it was good. I'm, I'm, There's one thing I'm glad I missed. Apparently, some of our fellow travellers um, happened upon a um, an anti-COVID vaccination protest at a cafe at Collingwood. There is I that probably too. would not have been able to keep my tongue if I'd been there. So just as well to sit on the beach and contemplate the sun. Yeah. Have you ever been to Collingwood or Gordon Bay, Jenny? Uh, yes, I have, actually. Well, I've been to Collingwood quite quite recently, last year. Um, mm. Got away about this time last year for a few days at Kaiteri and around that area, and it's Kaiteri such a beautiful part of the country. Yeah. Mm. Sandy says, retired at 70 from a fairly physical full-on job, but from 67 it was only part-time. Not only do you wear out physically, but the brain isn't as sharp either. either. That's uh, Sandy's uh, view. So much to discuss. We're also discussing uh, the National Party leader calling uh, for the Human Rights Commissioner Paul Hunt resignation after he gifted a $200 koha to the mongrel mob. Uh, much to come. Thank you both for that kororo. Uh, stay with us on the panel, uh, NZ National.